This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 94 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. This podcast brought to you by Bet Online. This happy hour podcast brought yes. to you by Bet Online. <laughs> it's seriously <laughs> that time in the East, Eastern time zone and the Central time zone. So yeah. For all those on the West Coast, it's not your time yet, well, but you can just feel like it is. It's happy hour, any hour, I guess, you know? Right? I mean, yeah. why not? Well, I got my I got my drink today. Um, which which was? I went with a sidecar. It's a nice cocktail. Ooh. It's a cognac, Ooh. Grand Marnier, a little lemon juice, sugar fancy. rim in a martini glass. Very good. I'm a Martel cognac fan. It is. I'm a Martel Cognac fan. I like Remy Martin, but I had a bottle of Hennessy sitting in the bar cart, so that's what I went with. Um, this, this, yeah, I'm impressed. Um, that is that is going to beat a, a glass of rosé. Oh, there but you go. I will say, yesterday I had uh, one of my favorite kind of martinis. It's uh, kind of like a cosmopolitan, not super sweet, but you know, sweet enough. Those things will like one of them will just knock you on your booty though at least for me i'm, I'm a lightweight so. I'm, I'm a big man so i can i can pound you can like, deal <laughs> the best of them. so so right? what's what's in the drink uh the cosmo yeah so this one specifically was like so it's usually your vodka choice yep uh, which i really like tito's i don't I'm know a tito's why fan too. i just you can put it with anything right and it's it tastes I go good with. absolutely yeah it's, it's real good and then um you do like a little bit of cranberry juice not a lot sure um, now, if you want it a little sweeter, you can get a little more of that. And then there is fresh lime juice in there. Oh, wow. And then just a little bit of triple sec. Oh, and, the triple sec. Yeah, and that's what it is. And it's kind of like a pinkish color. Sure. It's really pretty, too. And so it just it's not sweet, though. It's just the right amount of you can taste the vodka still, but sure. it's not like 
all vodka, like a dry martini. That's interesting. So before we move on to actual football stuff, we'll talk about that. So um, yeah. me and you are both martini fans. Yes, correct. I enjoy a Cosmopolitan as well. And I'm I'm with you. Like, I don't, I don't need it super dry to where I'm feeling like I'm just tasting straight vodka, but I don't want it super sweet like I'm sitting on a beach somewhere. Right. I Which wanna... sometimes that is okay yes. to have like a pina colada on the beach or something. Right. But I want a little bit of bite with the drink. So okay. I'm definitely with you. My my variation, I, I do enjoy, like I said, a Cosmo, but if I'm going with something out West, they call it a loudmouth soup in like LA, Newport Beach area. Really? Why have yeah. I not heard of that? And okay. I'm like from the West Coast. So it's basically, and, and it's like more of an LA type of thing, but it's basically vodka. Of course it is, Joshua. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we were crapping on we LA all week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's vodka, and then uh, essentially like lemon juice, and then they garnish with a lemon wheel. Sometimes they put simple syrup in it, but it's really good. It's it's more of it's got more of a traditional martini feel. Yeah, because it lacks that sweetness, but it's really good. But I am a fan of the traditional martini. Um, I like it a little bit drier, so less on the vermouth, but I want. Yep. It extra dirty, garnish it with a few olives. Olives, and yeah. I'm living. Yeah. That's um that was like what my mom, like I grew up just seeing her drink those. Now, not all the time, but just on certain occasions. Sure. That's what she would always order. And what we, you know, when we go out, when I get together with my parents back home, we have a lot of fun. We're like yeah. a really fun family. So yeah. we'll go out and like that's like her drink of choice. And I'm always like tempted to get it. And I have got it a couple of times, but it's just a little too, like, almost like too blah for me, sure. right? Like, just a little too much. But those who have that taste palette for that, I can totally understand. Yeah. And my dad you know? is a, uh, he's a dirty martini guy, blue cheese olive all the way. Yeah. That's um, what my mom is. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I got it. And it, I'm, I'm with you. Like, vermouth has a very unique fragrance and it taste is. to it. You know, like, if you're not a vodka drinker, then obviously you're not going to like a drink with a vodka base to it. But, you know, if you like kind of the, the brininess and, and the, the almost like piney fragrance of a vermouth. Yep. It's all, it's all good. No, I mean, hey, you guys, if you guys want cocktail uh, recipes, we are here for you as we well. We are here for you. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could utilize some of these when you're watching uh, college and NFL this week because all of it is back together in one week, which we're all excited about. College football has uh, been back. Obviously, Austin P played a couple weeks ago or last week, two weeks ago. And then we had college football back in a little bit of a bigger form this weekend. And I'm just going to say this. After watching last night's game against BYU and Navy sure. with no fans in the stands, uh, it was very uh, scrimmage-like. Yes. And, and not only for the fact because BYU blew the pants off Navy, but it was just that environment with no fans at that game. You just heard the players, right? It's like yeah. everything you heard was on the field. And for the most part, most of the games this past weekend, too, um, there were a couple close games. But for the most part, I mean, I feel like they were pretty much blowouts. Uh, the school we cover here, MTSU, just got completely blown out of the water by Army and that option offense. I mean, they were they didn't even understand what was coming for them. No. And I, I get it, like, preparation-wise. They didn't know they were going to play them because they switched around their schedule a bit. So they didn't have as much time to prepare. 
But like these teams, like you have to have offense too. And I just feel like some of these teams that come out at the start of the year, we're going to see who was really prepared and who's not. I mean, what's your takeaway from the past few games we've seen? Well, it's really interesting. Um, and I think we had this conversation on on the show weeks and weeks ago when we first started talking about a, a COVID football season with a lack of a training camp and a lack of spring ball. And if you were a team that had a green quarterback, you were going to struggle. And mm-hmm. so like last night's yeah. game, for example, BYU had the experienced quarterback. Um, he had some injuries and everything, but he had played ball. And yeah. we saw him go out there and he was pretty successful. When you look at the Naval Academy and their quarterback, he was a senior, but he this was his first year starting. Like he had his literal first pass completion um, in that game last night. And so their offense definitely struggled and give credit to BYU's defense and everything else. Oh, yeah. But those are the things you're going to see. And you're going to see teams go out there and they're going to play simple offense, simple defense. Um, you're going to see teams that maybe have more veteran players have success early on because those those players have experience out there and what they're doing. Uh, but it's it was super unique. And to your point, like playing out there with no fans, it was a very sterile environment. And I honestly think the broadcast, specifically for the BYU uh, Navy game, did a really, really good job. Um, and Herb Street is always really good on the broadcast. But, you know, they, they oh, kept yeah. it entertaining and they, they filled that dead space. Because typically, you know, those guys, when they're doing play-by-play, you know, they're not Riesel, filling dead space. Exactly. You know, Reese will sit back and he'll just let you hear the crowd noise before yeah. the snap. Yeah. They had no opportunity to do that. They had to continuously talk. And that's really difficult from a media side. So credit the broadcast too. Absolutely crazy. And then when you look at Army, who had played earlier in the weekend, their coach made a comment that playing with no fans was interesting for them in terms of strategy because they could they could shout audibles out from the sideline. They could change mm-hmm. the defense on a moment's notice because the players out there could literally hear them. Whereas, you know, you're playing in the stadium with people and you, you don't have the ability to communicate unless you're doing hand no. signals or you're using, um, you know, some of the boards with the, the signs on them and everything else. So absolutely crazy, crazy first week of college football. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I was watching the game last night and it got so bad and I'm sure they had planned for him to come in, but Bill Belichick, yep. who we rarely hear from, and if we do hear from him, and I have personal you know, stories from this because they came to training camp to do joint practices last season with the Titans, and we talked to Bill before every practice, and like he doesn't say much, right? Nope. So he came on this broadcast last night, obviously with his connections to Navy, and he was just going – I mean, he took over the broadcast. Kirk and um, – Reese couldn't even get in a word because he was just storytelling. Sure. And I was like, wow, we're never going to like, this would never happen on any other regular broadcast, but because it was a, it was a blowout at the time and he was just talking and it was kind of fun to, to hear these stories and to see Belichick in, in another light. And we're, and this is on the college level, right? Where he's talking right. about college ball. It's so it is going to make for some interesting situations and some of them might be, you know, exciting and different. And some of them just might be horrendous to have to sit through, but it is going to give us many different options in terms of how these games are going to, you know, unfold. So no, <laughs> it's it's, just yeah, I just, I don't know. It's this whole year has been kind of a uh, watch it unfold type of situation, you know, where 
we kind of just we're sitting back, we're watching things, things are happening that we're definitely not used to. And I think this was an example, like, you know, Bill telling a, a long story and just going on and on and on. We're like, what the hell is going on? Like, that's not yeah. what Bill does, but here right? we are. And so I'm looking forward to the next few weeks as we get started and we get some big time games, especially this weekend coming up, we'll get our first few. But absolutely, this first week was very interesting to watch unfold. Yep. It should be uh, some some better I guess, entertainment, let's hope, this weekend when it comes to college football. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Now, ordering is easy. You open that DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, and then many of your favorite local restaurants, they're still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app and then select your favorite local spot. Your food, it will be on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter BlueWire. Don't forget, that is Blue Wire for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so COVID-19 testing is supposedly still happening within these colleges, within these teams, which that's what most of us were thinking, okay? They're testing about three times a week is what I'm hearing from most teams. But I'll start off with this first. I was clearly down here in Nashville and we cover Tennessee. Sure. And it was a big deal this week when Jeremy Pruitt came out and said they had 44 players out. They were planning to scrap, scrap, <laughs> scrimmage <laughs> at Union Stadium. They were planning to scrap the whole season. Uh, they were planning on scrimmaging and they just simply couldn't because they had 44 players out. Now, 28 of those were connected with the whole COVID thing because sure. eight of them tested actually positive. And then the others, the 20 others, they were now a part of what is this big thing with contact tracing within sure. college football, which is causing a lot of issues for these programs. Because if you were even in the same room with a player that tested positive, you immediately go on that list in terms of being quarantined. So this contact tracing is really affecting the way some of these teams are practicing right now because they just simply don't have a lot of their players because um, clusters of them are are out. So I don't know, Joshua. I think this is this is something I look at. It could be a major issue once the season start starts if any of these players test positive because likeliness is you are going to be linked to other players. Now, if they can keep these guys not you know in big groups, maybe you could prevent the amount that get involved with the contact tracing, but this is still an issue. Right. And the contact tracing thing has always been interesting to me uh, because the way I understand it, and I, I don't know if it's totally this way, but the way I understand it is like for contact tracing to be a thing is you have to be, like you said, in the vicinity, a certain person, I think like a, a certain distance away from them. And mm -hmm. then uh, you have to be there for a certain amount of time too. And that's where it becomes interesting, but yeah, it, it could deplete rosters. Um, and as we've yeah. seen with certain teams, like I think LSU said at one point that they basically had a whole position group wiped out 
one of the games that went on, I can't, maybe it was Texas state or somebody was playing without tight ends. Like, you know, they went into a game. Oh, without a position. Yes, group. It, yep. Yep. It was, it was Texas yeah. state. And and so you get to, to a, a place where it's like, okay, maybe I can play without tight ends. You can't play without offensive line. You can't nope. play without a quarterback. And so that's where the questions come. And yeah, that's right. where these teams are probably, and, and I don't want to dive too deep into it, but like some teams have been very transparent with the way that they've, they've said their numbers of COVID confirmed cases and the people that they had um, out with their contact tracing uh, um, protocols. And to me, if you were a team that didn't release your numbers, you could say, all right, well, maybe if we had, like you said, we have eight guys out right now. So Mm -hmm. those guys are positive for COVID, they're out. But we've got 28 guys with contact tracing. Well, those 28 guys aren't confirmed COVID cases. So maybe we just let them hang around and maybe we let them play in practice. Like that's the situation that I think that some unscrupulous coaches and some unscrupulous programs could get into. And so people are a little bit, I don't want to say up in arms, but, but there are some people in media and some college football fans who are like really questioning why somebody would not release uh, their COVID numbers. And and this is a, a potential uh, result is not mm-hmm. saying that somebody would put a player that's affected with COVID out there on the field, but there is a, a, right. a legitimate situation where you could say, all right, well, screw the contact tracing because these guys aren't confirmed COVID cases. Like let's have sure. them continue what they're doing. Right. We don't know exactly what's happening uh, you know, inside those rooms. We, you know, we can guess, we can get tips or whatever, but we're not seeing that firsthand. And I know in the ACC, I guess the coaches have agreed to let each other know on game day who's available to play, but without specifying the reason players are at, um, out. Excuse me. And then we just had Lincoln Riley, head coach at Oklahoma, now saying that they will not be going public with their COVID-19 cases. This is going to get really interesting because you're really starting now that there's not a lot of transparency this is where it seems to be going with this in terms of reporting um covid cases like you said who's to say that numbers can't be skewed or situations can't be skewed because it's up to these programs who are doing kind of what they want to do yeah and and like i I don't want to make it seem like people are going to be like they're going to lie and they're going to try to cheat the system. No, but, I don't want to make it like that yeah, either. But that's that's a legitimate outcome that could be a result here. Like, you know, we, we always make the jokes that down south, all the teams use a bag man to get recruits. And so if we feel like teams are, they would legitimately break the rules and pay a player to come to their school, why wouldn't they break the rules? And, you know, a player that should be out for contact tracing, for example, is practicing and playing in a game. The other thing too, that I guess really, it doesn't make sense why somebody wouldn't uh, announce is they're like, Oh, well it gives the other team a competitive advantage. And I guess the question is how, because Mm -hmm. you know, like if your quarterback's out, your quarterback's out, like on game day, they're going to have that advantage because your quarterback's just not playing. Like it doesn't matter if they prepare for a different quarterback, if that quarterback's not as good, then it doesn't matter. Um, You're not releasing People say it's about privacy. Well, when we talk about this COVID thing, we're not asking you to, to say which players it is. We're asking you to say how many confirmed, confirmed positive cases and how many yeah. contact tracing. It's like all the reasons people are giving that, oh, we're not going to release our results. It's like, I, I get it, but I really don't. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Be transparent. Well, then you're going to get also, because 
this is always my point that I make being a media member. If you're not transparent with us, which it happens in the NFL a lot with certain head coaches, but if you're not transparent with us at you know to some point, I'm not saying you have to give all the details, right. then we speculate. Then we try to find our own reasons for what's going on. And you have certain people out on game day and you know, now we're wondering, oh, okay, well, are they out because they're positive? Or are they out because there's an injury situation? How long are they out for? You, right. you just We all start to wonder now with these teams, um, the media members who cover these teams, they're going to, they want answers, right? Yeah. That's our job is to find out answers. And it's going to make it a lot more difficult. And when you're not at least telling us we have this amount out on you know, COVID or whatever, then we're going to start trying to figure out what no, it is. You're, you're spot on. I think that's exactly what you get to. Um, and again, like, I don't think it takes too much to be transparent. Like we already know what the situation is. COVID is a legitimate threat that's in our society. Teams are figuring out a way to continue to have a season with it. But uh, for the sake of, of safety and public health and everything else, and just transparency, you know, like we're not asking you to name who, we just want you to say, hey, we had this many guys that were in protocol. Um, they've mm-hmm. all recovered X, Y, and Z, and then we move on from the situation. But um, I, I just feel like, to your point, as media members, we're going to speculate, and then coaches get pissed at us for doing that. Exactly. Then, yeah, I mean, it, like that's going to be a, a real thing. And then the oh, other yeah. thing too is that we like we don't want to have to jump to all those conclusions. We just want to make sure that we understand mm-hmm. what's going on within the program. Yep. I don't yep. know. It's, it's yep. a little bit of a wild situation, but it is what it is. Let me pose this question. What is the, what's the percentage, the chance that at least every week we have some sort of game that gets postponed or canceled because of these numbers, so, um, eliminating certain groups or, you know, just the amount of, of guys. It's a really good question. I think early on in the season, we probably see more of it than we do late in the season. And the reason yeah. I say that is they say that COVID has like a three month immunity. So if you hit a certain yep. level of players that have had COVID on your team, then you probably have that herd immunity that people talk about, which mm-hmm. then becomes an interesting point. But I'm also one of those people that still has skepticism on the whether we reach the end of the season or not. And it's not because teams are going to be ravaged by COVID and it's, it's that big of an issue. Mm-hmm. It's when these universities start to see their student bodies in general become ravaged by COVID. Um, you know, we had a, a holiday weekend this weekend and I know that, that people are going to come back. I mean, you yeah. saw the damn scene in oh, yeah. the city that you're living it, in right now. And, well, so it's at least it was, it was bad. It was yeah. really bad. I, I, you, you sent that photo on Twitter and I was like, or the video and yeah, I saw it that night they were doing a report and the reporter was, you know, down there with just these herds of people yep. and no social distancing. I mean, nope. there were masks being wear worn, but at the same time, there was just way too many people in one place. Yep. And I don't know if you saw the Vegas strip though. That was yeah. awful. There were no yep. masks. There were no people social distancing. I, I just, why do people feel the need right now to go out and sell, like just have a nice little celebration with a small group of people? Yeah. With, I mean, you know, why do we feel the need? I mean, I if, have no idea. Like I haven't been like, I haven't done anything in months, months, months. And 
I don't, I can still like hold myself to being not going crazy and going and like, like traveling somewhere where there's a mass amount of people. Like, I just feel like anybody can do it. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. Like my family got together um, over the weekend. And when I say my family, it was my mom, my dad, my younger brother, myself, my fiance and her two little sisters who we, we take care of all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and we had dinner at my parents' house last night. Like that was the extent of what we did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know folks that go to restaurants and I've been to restaurants since things have been opened back up. I'm not saying that people should live in their homes, but anytime I go out and like, and I say this like to the point of I'll go to my mailbox in my neighborhood. I wear my mask. I try to wait for people to be done at the pavilion before I go in. Like, sure. you know, I, I think there's a smart way to go about life and people are like, oh, well, you know, wearing a mask is this, and I shouldn't have to not get my mail when I want to because of somebody else. And it's like, okay, well, I spend two extra minutes over at the mailbox. Like, you know, it's no skin off my back. It's not a bad day. Right. And and so in saying that, like, yeah, there were people out in Vegas, absolutely wild people out in Nashville. And, and the point of, of that too, me pointing out Nashville and now you bring it in Vegas is an even better point. Most of those people aren't Nashvilleans. Most of those people don't no. live in Vegas. They're no, going to go back to their respective cities right. and, you know, yeah. whether they're college students or whether they work in an office that's back at work, like that could be a situation where COVID is spread. And and I'm saying that to bring the point together that I don't think that college football would be canceled because COVID affects football teams. I think college football could be canceled because college campuses are going to have a ton of cases yeah. of COVID. And when they close those college campuses, which is... Uh, I'm not saying it's a, a, a really likely outcome, but it's a it's like a fairly likely outcome that that could happen. Can you legitimately say that you can have college sports and only really football without having students on campus? And that becomes a legitimate question. Yep, that's and that's something we've been talking about for a while now. But it's just a matter of you know, does it get to the point where people have to they have these universities have to take their kids off campus? I know, like Tennessee just rented out a whole hotel to quarantine students. That's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's there was crazy a point where this even like something oof. we're talking about. I know. Ohio State was back for like two weeks. And there was a conversation that the pace that they were going, um, that yeah. they would have had to shut down like two weeks later mm-hmm. because they threw out this number about a percentage of students that would have had COVID on campus. Um, and then you hear some of the other universities where like Alabama was going to run out of quarantine space. Sure. It's whether people think that it's a big deal and, you know, kids are going to the hospital and it's killing anybody. The fact of the matter is it's a novel virus. Um, it, it has infected a lot of people. And we've seen that it spreads um, at a unique pace. And the other thing, which is part of the reason why the Big Ten, the Pac-12 aren't playing right now, is we have no idea in two five, 10, 20 years, what the impact of COVID-19 is going to be on somebody's body. Yep. And that is, to me, the scariest part to it. I mean, you can get it and not have any effects now. And I hope that it, it doesn't have effects on people later, but you just don't know. It's, it's no already idea. a weird enough virus that I don't trust it. I agree. And <laughs> <laughs> what it does to your body. So um, I'm not messing around with that. Sorry, folks. Not me. 
We are just a few days away from NFL Sunday. They are back. The NFLSundayTicket.tv has everything for you. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite games or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSunday.tv. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE. Well, before we close up this podcast, we're going to do another fun segment. I've been liking adding in, I've kind of added in these segments at the end just to get our thoughts and opinions on, you know, some fun things. So we're not, you know, you've been guessing some of these things that, these articles that have been put out and their coaches on the hot seat or, you know, positions at university U. we did sure. that one, which was really fun. That was so fun. this one I am going to pose in terms of this season. So, and I'm sad that we can't involve any of the big 10 school or Pac-12. I won't leave yeah, them out. No, you said it already. I know, Pac-12 wasn't going to be exciting. You know so you might I as well just left them out. I just lost. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anytime I can throw my own conference shade. I well, know. then maybe they should change it. So sorry, you're not I'm not gonna be nice until they get Larry Scott out of there. So good for you though. It, I saw it, you know, did you watch Game Day when he was on there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. That was a hell Look, of a deal. He's a smart man. I'm not saying that, but he doesn't know how to like the, what he has done with that conference is not good. No, it's not. It's no, just it's not. not. No, so, I mean he he is smart. Like he presents very well, but it was just sure. I'm sitting there watching him and I'm right. watching his goofy little smile and I'm like, oh, oh man, yeah. this guy is yeah. in over his head. Right. You can be smart, but if you can't if you can't tr- like transform that into actual success, I mean, at least visible in something like college football and in college basketball where the Pac-12 once was dominant. Sure. You just like I don't see how you keep your job. I just right, don't, especially in the world we're in with it being so competitive. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna do the top five entertaining teams this season. So the teams that you think are going to be the most fun and successful to watch. So they have to be. I mean, they can't just be a team that's gonna be losers. Okay. So am I guessing be- off of like somebody? No, you this- can just. I think I I just think we should go with what we want to go with on this. Okay, bet. Perfect. All right. Okay. So you say you're number one, I'll do mine. All right. So if we're going for number one right now, I got to go with Clemson. I think Clemson is going to be, whether or not they actually win the national title, I think they might be the most entertaining team. You've got Trevor Lawrence and what's going to be his last year. You've got a defense that you feel like it's very, very good. Dabo Swinney always has those guys ready to go. So Clemson's mm-hmm. got to be my number one team. Yeah, I like Clemson too. I was going back and forth with them in terms of who, who I was going to put at number one because I was thinking about Alabama. But we've talked about Trevor Lawrence just this entire offseason with a lot. like he's, And what he's done off the field too. Yes, which is he's very just, special. I will say this. He's grown on me. I didn't really like Trevor Lawrence much, and I didn't really give him much respect. I know that sounds crazy because people are like, what are you talking about? Like he's been good for ever since he's in college. I just, there was something about him. I just didn't like, but I think he's grown on me, especially with what he's done outside of um, football with everything 
you know, that has happened with social social injustice and all the racism that's gone on. I mean, he's really been a leader and the forefront of of the college aspect of that and leading the way, trying to promote change. But I also like the fact that um, you're going to see Travis Etienne again. Yep. That'll be that'll be exciting to have that that guy back. Um, so we'll see what happens with their team. But I like I like it at number one. Okay, we'll go at number one, Clemson. Let's do number two here. So number two for me is going to be a team that's been known to score a ton of points, high powered offense. They don't play a damn lick of defense. No Warriors. Yep. You already know what it is. It's Oklahoma. Yep. yep. And Spencer Rattler is the guy. He's the reason why I'm excited. Yeah. Lincoln Riley Freshman. has the track record, yes, of the quarterbacks. And his guys yep. win Heismans. They put up great stats, all that. Um, yeah. This year they've got a new guy running the offense, and I don't think he's going to win a Heisman, but I think he's going to be really damn good. And as long as they can put up offensive numbers the way that they have in the past, they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Rattler was ESPN's number one dual threat quarterback uh, in the country. Number 29 overall prospect. He is actually from Arizona. So this guy is, I mean, he is, he is incredible. He had, I think in high school, over 11,000 passing yards through 116 TD passes. Um, he was offered a scholarship as a freshman from Riley. So huh. this, this is a kid who has been on their radar. He's, he's going to be fun to watch. I, I hope he's everything that, you know, he's supposed to be because that'll be really fun so I'm going to put um Alabama at number two I don't know if they're I I mean we say Alabama you you don't think of them as being the most entertaining team to watch right because it's just it's Nick Saban right but at the same time I'm interested in the whole quarterback situation here because we all know Tua Tungvaloa is gone And Mac Jones, who we saw a little of last year, is going to be taking over. So can he be that guy? It's always a question that I have when these other guys leave the programs and they leave such big legacies there. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does. He's not going to have all his weapons at wide receiver this year, but um, they always have talent. You know, I mean, they always have. They're always stacked year after year. So it's always good to see, okay, what did Alabama bring in this year? What do they have this year? Because it just is like a well-oiled machine. Sure. So I always I always appreciate kind of seeing that. And I'm interested to see what goes on with their defense this year. They had a lot of injuries last year. So. And I think the, the kind of point that uh, goes undersold in this too is uh, Nick Saban's a guy who always creates a us-against-the-world type of mentality. Yeah, And um, I think that Alabama is probably flying under the radar more now than they have in the past. Yeah. So he doesn't have to do that as much. Um, flying under the radar, actually, to the point that he Alabama is not on my exciting teams list. Whoop. Um, oh, hot take. Hot Are you ready? Take. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send this one to Saban. I'm going to send Go this ahead and send to it. Saban. Go ahead like, and send Joshua it. did not put you on his top five. Sheesh. You better use that as bulletin board material. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Right? Okay, so what are we at? We're at three, right? Three. So my three is Oklahoma, so we're good with that. We've okay. heard the explanation for Oklahoma. So what's your three? My three is UNC. And what? this one is a little bit kind of off the radar. UNC wow. and Notre Dame 
yeah. are mm-hmm. two challengers to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have little faith in Notre Dame, to be completely honest. I think Brian Kelly has done about as good as he can do there. Um, I think Notre Dame 100% is a 10-win team every single year. And he's done that, and he's done a good job. Yeah. The team that I think really challenges Clemson this year out of the ACC is UNC. And they've got a quarterback that they really like. I think Mac Brown has done a fantastic job there. They've recruited their ass off. And so we're getting to a situation where Clemson, of course, is top dog. They're a national title contender, and I get that. But if there was one team out of that conference that was going to give them a, a scare and a run for their money, I think it is UNC this year. So from that standpoint, I'm excited to watch them. I like that pick. That's sneaky. It is. That's really good. Okay. I like it. Um, Let's move on to number four because I had Oklahoma at three. So number four, I am going with Florida. Okay. Florida has, they always have that hype, right? Yep. We, regardless of really what's going on with the team, they have that hype, but I am a really big fan of Kyle Trask. Okay. I like his story. I like what I saw out of him last year for the situation where he just had to step up and be ready. Um, he's worked his butt off in his whole entire football career, high school and college. And he's getting the chance now to be like the guy from the start, right? Yes. This is the guy who's coming in and they're saying Kyle Trask is our quarterback. He, he was the SEC leading rush, uh, returning passer, the SEC's le- leading returning passer. There we go. Um, he threw just shy of 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. I don't know. I'm interested to see what he does this season because I'd like him to to be up there and, and to kind of step up his game, and he has a chance to do it this year. And he has some solid targets. Um, he's got the tight end Kyle Pitts, wide receiver um, Trayvon Grimes, and I, I like I like what I've seen out of Florida. They just haven't taken it to the next level, so maybe that's what we can see this year. But, you know, Kyle Trask has got to step it up. Okay, so I am absolutely with you. Uh, Florida was the number four team on my deal. Nice. And it was for a lot of the same reasons as Kyle Trask, really. Um, I've been making a lot of these decisions, honestly, based off of quarterback play. But I know. You know I, and I, I know that might seem easy. Like People are like, oh, that's an easy way out. But let, let's be real, guys, um, especially this season. Yes. Starting off, if you don't have the quarterback play, like you're going to get annihilated like we've yes. seen. 100%. Like it's that's that is basically the point for me is like I'm picking based off of quarterbacks because these quarterbacks have a legitimate chance to take over the season. Like, yes. if you're an experienced quarterback, you're playing against maybe a defense that hasn't had as much time to get together, whatever the case is. Like, these mm-hmm. guys can load up the stat sheet. And you're right, Trask, I feel like, is a guy who's just poised to have his coming out party this year. Yeah, I think he can, he, he can deserves it, damn it. Yes, okay. Yes. These are the type of people I like to succeed because I relate to these type of people. You're damn right. He's got a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in America. I'm, I'm with you, yes. damn it. We're on the Kyle Trask campaign right here. So here it is. That's why I picked Florida as my number four team. By damn it, they will have some success because they have the quarterback that I like. I love it. Okay, number five, what are we – and then rounding this out with here. So again, I got another, another. Uh, Quarterback situation. No, no, dark horse. Oh, okay, 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 dark horse. A team who I've talked about, a uh, coach I've talked about, a program oh, that I have 
I, I have very high regard for in the University of Cincinnati. And oh yeah, yeah. The reason okay. I say that is Luke Fickle, hell of a coach, one of the best in America. Oh, Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator, one of the best in America. They got a team that they love. They've got guys who are motivated, purpose-driven, ready to play this year. And this could be the year where we see a group of five team bust into the college football playoff because you don't have all the power fives playing. And I think Cincinnati has an opportunity to win their conference. And if they win their conference and go undefeated, they absolutely should get a chance to compete in the college football playoff in a year like this where they're – you know, we're going to be making a decision and probably end up being two SEC teams in there just because that's how it's going to go. But Cincinnati will be an entertaining like team. They will have a lot of success. And at the end of the year, they should make for some controversy when the committee is picking who needs to be in that playoff. Yes. And for those of you who are listeners to this podcast and also follow me on Twitter, this past weekend, I put out a salty tweet. I am very salty sometimes. Okay. And I don't, I'm not apologizing. I have the right to be salty. I have the years of experience in this business. So whatever. Anyway, I put out a tweet because I do find it just annoying that the, you know, they said this weekend that both um, Cincinnati and Cleveland will have some sort of fans in their stands. So everything in terms of football is happening and some happening with fans um, in Ohio, except for college football. Now, when I put that tweet out, I said, except for college football. Yes, I understand Cincinnati is in Ohio. I we ain't talking about Cincinnati. I, I did not mean to leave them out in that realm of things, but let's be honest, people. When, when I'm putting out a tweet like that, I'm meaning it for a reason. I'm putting right. it out there for a reason because Ohio State's not playing football. Exactly. And we all know Ohio State is like pretty much like the professional team in Ohio. Yes. So would I put that out? I mean, I got like tons of likes, but then I had a p- couple people get get you know cute with me and be like well, you, you don't know Cincinnati's playing no bro don't at me I don't am dying me. I had a couple people get cute with me <laughs> we need to back their ass up okay we we get it but we're not talking about Cincinnati yes. right now we're talking about the Ohio State University right. you understand Cincinnati's playing they'll do a great job Right. That's what I said. And I said, I'm not disrespecting Cincinnati by any means, but come on, you guys, you know what I'm getting at here. So so they got pulled off and that's okay. I think actually a couple of them followed me and I even pulled them off. So whatever. Good for you. I'm standing up for myself. Okay. So I'm going to put at number five, the Auburn Tigers. Okay. that's Auburn is a team that has a lot of potential here this season. Um, They're not being overly talked about, but they're always in the mix. Because that defense is just killer. And they have another stout defense. Um, I'm looking at, you know, everything that's coming back, and, and it looks to be another killer defense. And I'm really interested, of course, talking about the quarterback situation again, I'm interested to see Bo Nix and how he, if he, improves this okay. season and finds some consistency. Because we saw him last season, not awful, but definitely had his shares of ups and downs as a freshman. So what, what do we see this season, okay. right? So me and you had this conversation like 100 times last year. I was, I was not a part of the Bo Nix fan club. I wasn't yeah. on the Bo Nix train. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not to say that he was a bad player. I, I think it was the fact that the hype was a year or two sure. too soon. Yep. And so in saying that, I am very excited to watch him this year because I think he was a very good player. Yeah. And I think he will continue to improve as a player. 
And so I'm 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 with you. I, I think that okay. this year we'll be able to watch him. We'll be able to make a good evaluation. The hype settles a little bit and we'll watch him probably from a little bit more of a neutral lens. And we'll be able to consume the quarterback that Bo Nix actually is. Sweet. I mean, overall, we agreed. And I liked your little uh, dark horses in there. Yeah. I thought that was good. Throw a couple in there. You know how it goes. Right? I mean, that was that was nice. I hope you guys took notice. Maybe you guys now can have – when you go out there and have a conversation on who your most entertaining teams are, there you go. You can just, like, take whatever we said and use it. And that's that's our gift to you this week. How about that? I love it. So I'm, I had I'm a sorry. long pause for a second. I was it like, was a long pause. I'm, with me? I'm, I'm reading a piece of news here. I actually want to throw out there. So we, we talked about all the, the wild party and all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, college campuses, obviously a, a high rate of transmission there. After a week and a half of in-person classes, West Virginia University announced Monday it would be moving undergraduate Ooh. classes online after seeing a spike in COVID-19 Uh-oh. cases and the occurrence of several parties this weekend oh. at the school. Morgantown campus canceled all in-person classes Monday and will host online Lovely. classes only starting Wednesday through the 25th of September, the school said in statement. So, folks, this is what I'm talking about. And, and they're only going uh, online through the 25th, but you don't know if they're going to have to do this again indefinitely. And that's yep. why I don't have confidence to a certain degree that college football will finish with the national title this year. That's what I'm saying. Kids, y'all are just – yeah, I just – I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, I, I can talk down on them now because I'm a college grad and, you know, I'm you are. And living I'm out in the suburbs woman, now. So. I've left my college days behind. So we can talk down on these children. Yeah, come on. You, what are they now? Does, what generation are they? They're not even. The, the, it's the I generation. They, they were oh. born with iPads. I'm, there we go. The I generation. <laughs> I think that might actually be like the next generation, Dude, like great. kids that are born right now, but you know, whatever. It's all the same. That is awesome. I mean, yeah. just. I just can't with them right now. I, you know, I just can't. And you know what? If, if college football doesn't like follow through in terms of a full season, we're blaming it on you. I generation. You know, you know what? Let me push back on that. I, I think we can blame it on them, but we also need to blame it on all the boomers who thought it was oh, a good decision yeah. to bring these kids back in the first damn yeah. place. Exactly. So. We're done with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that is a wrap on this episode of Press Pass. You can go and follow us on social media. Um, I'm at Kayla Anderson TV on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We release our podcast usually on Wednesdays now, but you can check that out when we release them on our Instagram um, page. It's at Press Pass Pod. And then Joshua Perry, you give the fine people out there your Twitter and Instagram handle because he is always very active. Yes, at RIP underscore JEP. And speaking of that activity, I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, I put out a, uh, a tweet talking about some of the craziness going on in Columbus in terms of the cancellation of college football in the Big Ten. And to all my Columbus listeners, I want you to think about one thing here is we've been seeing these smoke screens about the Big Ten presidents having a vote coming up this mm-hmm. week. It's supposed to happen Friday and it's supposed to happen yesterday which we're recording on Tuesday. So yesterday was Labor Day as a holiday. So 13 of the 14 of these people weren't working because they're state employees. And then it's supposed to happen later this week. And now apparently it's not going to happen. So I want you all to, to think about this real quick. When you have the, the local uh, Ohio State fan website that gets paid based off of clicks and subscriptions, 
posting that there's going to be a vote happening this week or there's new news, whatever, whatever. And national reporters like Pete Thamel and Nicole Auerbach and Pat Forty and a bunch of other really good reporters aren't saying a damn word. I want you to think about who you're listening to. Are you going to listen to to Mr. Sailboat Sir Yacht or are you going to listen to the national reporters that have a direct line into people that make decisions? Because I'm getting sick and damn tired of scrolling through my timeline and seeing all these fake ass reports and then people getting pissed off at the folks who are giving you accurate information every day. Yep. Because you wanted to listen to some guy who's out here trolling and another guy who's only getting paid because you clicked on his link. Think about it, people. See, that's a good point, people. There's a lot of that out there these days. Oh. Everyone trying to just get themselves noticed. Not everybody has the right to do that. So like Joshua said, follow the people that actually have been doing this for a while who actually have legit connections. And That's a legit it. That's it. That's a great point. Listen to Joshua. He's smart. Okay. Well, you guys, we hope you have a great week and make sure to tune in next week. Same time, same place. Have a good one, guys.